the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy i am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly discover the word identify yourself in the word meditate on the word speak the word walk in the word walk in the abundance of life that jesus christ has paid for welcome to this week's episode of the abundant life with gilbert and jacobina where the word of god is taught practically ushering you into all that christ is right for you we really appreciate you joining us this podcast really shows us how we can all learn live and thrive from the word of god by sharing knowledge through conversation and teaching we will impart some knowledge while still learning ourselves how to grow in the lord even further so now i'm going to what i'm going to do is i'm going to teach what i call our 21 ways to develop a prosperous soul all right everybody ready to roll we're going to go fast again just allow the holy spirit to stimulate your thinking and I'm not going to look up these scriptures. We're just going to talk about this. Uh, <clears throat> number one, be convinced that poverty is a curse. Uh, from Job chapter one and verses, verses nine and 10, we find um, a lot. I, what I find is that a lot of Christians, and this was me, this was my poverty thinking. A lot of Christians think it's more spiritual to be poor. And uh, so if, I guess, you know, uh, as, and as a young minister, I thought that was like, there was this kind of special blessing of being, but what we find in the scriptures in Job, the first chapter, was that Job was blessed. Then the devil came and interrupted God's blessing for a short period of time. There was lessons that were learned. A lot of the Bible scholars think it might have been three months, maybe as long as a year and a half. But then we see once the devil was defeated, God restored abundance for many, many years later. In fact, it says over 100 years later. So my point here is that we have to be convinced that poverty is a curse. Uh, it was on when Job was under attack from the devil that he was poor, sick, he lost his children, were killed. Um, sometimes Christians get confused and think it's more spiritual to be poor. One trip to India will convince you of the close association of dead religion, excuse me, dead religion, poverty, sickness, and death. And, and uh, I'm sure you would be aware of that. So that is w- the first thing I would just say is that we have to be convinced that poverty is a curse. And I would also note uh, Deuteronomy 28 is a good way, good way to look at that because it describes what a blessing is and then it talks about what a curse is the first maybe 28 verses and then the next 14 verses and it says that sickness is a curse it says that lack is a curse it says that defeat is all part of the curse so that's a good bible study to do sometime number two don't worry matthew chapter 6 verses 25 through 33 again i will not read through these scriptures but if you read these through these uh seven verses what you you find it repeated a couple of different uh, like i think five different times therefore do not worry for god knows what you have need of don't worry and don't worry don't think by worrying it adds more time to your day and and so i think what what the reason this is so important is because um the spirit of poverty helps makes us gives us pushes us towards worry and the spirit of poverty help gives us a feeling like we're out of control or especially that our finances are out of control. Like money's coming in, money's going out and there's this out of control. So what we want to do is we want to take dominion and have a dominion. It's like uh, to take over the sense, this idea that finances are out of control. And I have some practical ways to do that. And is number three here. Um, But we want to take the finances from off of our shoulders and put them under our feet. We're going to take dominion over them. Number three, take dominion over your finances. Psalm 
131, the, the very first couple of verses there talk about how you, there's a peace, there's a dominion. When uh, someone, like a weaned child, that's how our spirit should be. The spirit of poverty leaves you feeling like your finances are out of control. As I mentioned, money comes in and goes out. Take dominion over your finances. So we can do, there's a couple practical ways to do that. To tithe, to tithe with faith and do it in faith. Um, uh, many times we can slow that money down. We can uh, even, I think, with some of the electronic funds, uh, bank accounts, rather than just even let it in our money, the money where we pay bills, if we can put money into savings, even for just a few days, we can put money into savings, own it, and then only move it here when we have to pay a bill. Uh, number three, the third suggestion there is pay a bill early. So we're t the uh, principle, you can think through it, the principle is take dominion over your finances, pay it early, tithe, and, and own your money before, before it ha you have to pay bills. So I think that's a kind of helpful thing. Number four, understand that God is a loving, abundant provider. Psalm 35, uh, Psalm 20, uh, Psalm 21 uh, talks about God wants to give you the desires of your heart. In other words, his, his nature is abundance. He is El Shaddai. So that might mean that, yeah, I have need for a new phone. I have a desire for a new phone. And God wants to meet that. But he also, uh, he also wants to give, put his desires into your heart. And as his desires become your desires, then he provides for that, for that path ahead. Um, I have a note here. He, Jesus was not destitute and not poor. Uh, we, he was born as an, in a manger because the inn was full. So they had money. They went to rent a room. And the inn was full, so he was born in a manger. It was a symbol. His dad was there going there to pay taxes. His dad was a businessman. Jesus himself was self-employed. So if we say we want to be like Jesus and he, that when we want to be poor like Jesus, that's not accurate. Uh, Luke 8, the first, couple, the first three verses there talks about that. Um, uh, I'd encourage you to read that. talks about there was wealthy women traveling with his party. I won't have time to go into it. I go into it in the book. Uh, but Jesus had wealthy women traveling in his party that supported him. Uh, the wife of Herod, Cuzzo, uh, was there. And uh, so that's an interesting read there as well. Money must be your friend, number five. I'm just going to keep moving here to try and get some time for questions. Money must be your friend. It's okay to like money. Money is a tool. I already gave that example. So we, I, I like to think of money and finances as like oxygen. We don't crave oxygen, but we need oxygen to do what we're called to do so we don't worship or we don't crave money but we need money so i think we, what we have to do is we have to have a healthy attitude uh towards money and i've come to believe that a million dollars will not corrupt you not make you backslide or you know a million you know half a million shillings or whatever can you shillings what have you it'll only amplify what's in your heart because if you read about Solomon, it was not actually the money that corrupted him. It says it was all his wives. It was the women that corrupted him and caused him to backslide. It wasn't so much the finances. Number six, this is really important. Keep covenants. Again, many principles here. Just allow the Holy Spirit to underline what he wants. Keep covenants. You have a covenant with the electric company. So if you have a house or apartment and you have, you said that you have an electric bill, the, the electric company uh, sends you a bill. If you give dollars to a person on the street, even if they're poor, when you haven't paid the electric bill, then you are stealing from the electric company to give that somewhere else. So 
when you make a promise to pay a bill, that is a covenant between you and the electric company or you and the phone company, uh, whatever that is, that's a covenant. So if you're stealing from the phone company, not paying your bill to even, even for a good thing, like to help someone who is poor, you're breaking, you're stealing, and then God cannot bless you as that. So what we want to say, and I have a note here, um, to help the poor, the best thing you can do is not be one of them. So you have to get dominion. By keeping covenants, you'll be able to help many because you'll have established yourself as one, a person who is experiencing God's abundance. Number seven, learn from prosperous people. Proverbs 13, Proverbs chapter one talks about um, learning that it's good to be learning and that wealth is not evil. So what happens a lot of times if we have poverty in our thinking, we kind of get an attitude towards our boss or the banker or somebody in our town that is bank is, is wealthy. And we kind of, it, it, the, the wall or we're jealous, maybe it's jealousy, or maybe we're just like, eh, it's not fair, you know, et cetera. It's, uh, that person did all this stuff that was wrong or, or, or like, and, and so what can, hap what can happen is that we can start to, uh, we can start to build up walls towards those that are um, prosperous, and it keeps us from becoming prosperous. It's really jealousy, I guess, uh, is a good way of saying it. And uh, anyway, so that's kind of, um, I guess I'll just leave it like that. And um, uh, I'm going to paste a few more in here as we go, if you can keep an eye on the chat feature there. Bam, 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 bam. There we go. We're moving ahead here. So uh, we'll probably just need to, uh, to um, yeah, I'll, I'll just keep rolling through here. Uh, so I already said, learn from prosperous people. So sometimes, um, uh, like most people who are prosperous are working hard. They're not wealthy because they were inherited. Like in the U.S., most people that are wealthy are still working, they're working full time, and they have figured out a way to break through poverty themselves. And um, so, so we can't let that wall be between us and them. We wanna break that down. So sometimes we'll just go to that person and say, hey, help me with my finances or help me find a good investment or a good business opportunity. So number seven, number eight, it's okay to talk about money. Jesus did it all the time. So what I find is that the spirit of poverty makes us feel awkward about talking about money. It's okay to talk about money. We're not uh, craving it like oxygen. It's just like, it's what we need. And so what I find even sometimes in churches where there's this kind of spirit of poverty, they, they're, they're kind of ashamed to talk about money or ashamed to take an offering and they don't, they kind of avoid it, but it's, it's healthy. It's actually very healthy to talk about finances. Uh, number nine, redefined ways. I think that's just something I had to think through because uh, in the Bible, God had gold. So I'm just going to read this through and you can think about it and meditate on it here a little bit. Why, why was there gold in the Garden of Eden? Genesis chapter 2. <clears throat> why did God move the Egyptians to give the children of Israel gold and silver when they left in Exodus? Is it more of a waste to leave gold in the ground or dig it up and put it in, on my wife? So does God not want us to wear gold? Does not God not want us to wear jewelry? Is just like, what is that is, uh, I think, no, it's probably okay. Cause God, uh, to, is it God's will for only non-Christians to wear gold? So I'm looking at, I'm not trying to promote wearing jewelry. I'm just thinking about what is waste. Well, if I buy gold earrings for my wife, uh, what that means is that 
I'm helping to pay for the person who mined that gold. Uh, I'm helping to, him to pay his bills. The person who took that gold and formed it into a piece of jewelry, now I'm helping to pay their salary so they can go home and feed their kids and pay for their uh, school fees or whatever. So if you understand what economy is, uh, God's not all about, God is lavish. He wastes some things. And so I said, uh, why did God make mountains instead of all farmland that produces food? A mountain, you could say, is a waste. But no, there's beautiful mountains because number 10 is that God enjoy beauty and blessings. God created beauty. And uh, so, I, I mean, literally, like build and get nice things around you. Proverbs 18, 14 talks about beauty feeds your spirit, feeds your soul. And uh, um, so like I, you know, have flowers around your house and, and take care of things and paint things so that they look nice and last long. And, uh, you know, that's just a, just a, a, a pretty important thing here. So I'm going to keep going. I, I know I'm moving very fast and, but these principles are so important. And I feel like, um, I feel like you're, Again, the Holy Spirit will just um, will just uh, highlight each one for you. And uh, as you go, let's go up through. Yes, I'm just going to put 13. And some of these will not, you know, these are all things that I identified as having poverty thinking. So it, it's not everybody, but it's just uh, for me. And um, I think some of these things will at least stimulate our thinking and all. We'll give the Holy Spirit some food for to stir your thinking here. So the last thing we talked about was enjoy beauty and blessings and have, um, again, you don't have to be lavish. You don't have to be gaudy, but have beauty around you because beauty feeds your soul. And as your soul prospers, you prosper. We find in third John chapter two, be realistic, avoid lottery thinking. So what does that mean? Uh, what that means is that um, there's this idea uh, do not look for the big break, a rich relative, miraculous provision, a chance deal, winning the lottery. Most of the people who uh, in in U.S. and in Africa, uh, people who play the lottery are poor people. Poor people play the lottery. And what we find is that the Bible teaches, Hebrews 6, 12, advancement comes to those who diligently apply God's principles on a consistent long-term basis. So God's path for blessing is very steady. Look for steady progress through diligent, consistent work. Proverbs 14, I said on the chance that may come will keep you from taking today's step forward. So um, it, the realistic, the sense of lottery thinking is when you're thinking, maybe I'll win the lottery and have all this money, it freezes you from doing the very thing today that actually will make you prosperous um, under anyway so number 12 understand that god wants you to advance genesis 1 28 said adam god told adam and eve be fruitful and multiply I, I would love you know get up and look in the mirror i do this say i i god wants me to advance you know when you have your staff meeting turn to each other and say god wants you to advance god wants me to advance so what we find is that the a biblical Christian worldview is one of advancing and growth. Like the Hindu worldview, which a lot, I mean, a lot of Christians actually have is everything stays the same. It's fatalistic. Like this is my pace in life. This is what I've been assigned and I'm going to just stay here. But the Christian one 
ever since Adam and Eve is Adam and Eve is advancing and, and moving forward. God wants you to advance. Number thirteen, change jobs or change job positions. I'm not saying everybody shouldn't work for Gilbert, but it just is that sense that God wants you to advance. And um, I like to say that people are paid. Uh, you can get paid better for like working in technology or a lawyer or a doctor. They get paid better than someone who is digging ditches. So different jobs get paid different levels. So if you are working as a ditch digger, and I know you're not, um, and that's gonna work, you're gonna get a certain income. So that ditch digger should um, be thinking about another job that creates more income. Um, number 14, think long range. Job uh, lived 140 years in God's blessing. Prosperous people think and act with long-range goals in mind. So today, today's uh, a wealthy person will understands today's neighbor and may not pay off for years. So you might make some decisions in the business that don't make a big difference right now, but in six months it'll make a difference, or a year from now it'll make a difference. And the same for your personal finances. Like if you start, if the only thing you change today is start thinking about paying your bills next year that will that you will become more prosperous in 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 that way so, um anyway you can read through the notes here i have a note here i have like buy land um that um bam and bam 15. um to me as i look at the world economies there's a, only a certain amount of land available and the population is increasing so the value for land it seems impossible and I, I didn't understand i get that but um i think land is the one thing that helps to get people out of hand to mouth living living more than anything else and get them into a place of uh of um into more like quote I guess some people would say the middle class, but because, um, um, so I, I have that here on a couple of these and I'm just gonna kind of abridge these here and then we'll go to questions in just a, mo a minute here. Um, and um, we'll do what we have to do here to get you these notes so you can look at them right now. And um, this last one, number 21, is what I did and this is what got me in so much trouble and this is what got me that book. So number 21 says, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you to prosper. And, and that prayer, um, I prayed, Holy Spirit, teach me to prosper is how all these things, over like five to 10 years, all these things, and I'm still today, like, hey, that's a poverty thought. Like, I'm not gonna do, I gotta replace that now. Um, so these are all things that uh, I, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about um, in, in my life over a period of time. That's why, even though I'm dumping all this on you today, I don't expect it to all, uh, you to make a bunch of changes today, but just follow the Holy Spirit in this. So thinking long range is important. Think family wealth and net worth. Um, we can go into maybe another time exactly what net worth is. Um, uh, I have all these here say buy land or get land. However, you might think it's impossible, but God has a way for his children to get land. Think like a farmer. Everyone knows a farmer works hard, but his crops are growing while he's sleeping. That's just the dynamic there. Like there's, uh, I see that hand of applause. Yes. 
there's a, you know, would think about that. The farmer works hard, but he goes to sleep and his crops are growing. So that's like our money works for us. There's investments and, and so forth. So I'm going to pray for all you guys to be landowners. If it's a, even if it's one acre, it might be five miles out of town in, in five years at, as the town grows, it'll be on the edge of town. It'll be worth more money and uh, so forth. So that's my prayer for you guys. Avoid financial curses. Um, you can read that there. I think not tithing and not paying taxes. We don't want to pay extra taxes, but taxes are appropriate. The scripture teaches us be a giver. Probably already know that. Number 19, dream with God. Deuteronomy 8.18 says that he gives you the power to get wealth. Uh, act Number 20, act from your gut. Don't rush financial decisions. Don't make emotional decisions with your finance. Make it out of dominion and out of peace. Uh, let that salesperson, let that excitement from the salesperson calm down and then make your decision to buy or not. That, and number 21, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you to prosper. Praise the Lord. I hope you've been blessed by the sharing of the Word of God today. And I pray that it takes root on good ground and brings forth a hundredfold harvest in your life. Please ensure to subscribe. Follow the Abundant Life with Gilbert and Jacobina on our social media platforms. Join us again next week for another inspiring episode. And remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Declare that with me, more abundantly. Stay blessed.